Well, let me just say Happy New Year to you guys. And you can say it back, so I'll do it differently. Hey, Happy New Year. Awesome to see you. Um, congrats, making it to church, whether you're here in person, those of you who are online, you made it to church for the first weekend of the new year, so that's, I think that's a really big deal. Um, I'm a New Year's resolution guy, so I don't know if you are or not, but I'm a New Year's resolution guy. I wasn't always New Year's resolution person because I'm cynical and generally logical, and it always was like, why in the world should turning the page, artificial calendar, right? I mean, like, it's official and all that, but it's just like we've imposed it on ourselves. Why should turning the page from December to January make a big deal in our lives? And then the other thing that was always really hard for me was I use my gym membership all year long and you January to mid-February people just get in the way. <laughs> so, so I resisted New Year's resolutions and you know this, this past week, the week between Christmas and New Year's, one of my kids shared a meme with us that said, I can't believe it's been a whole year since I didn't become a better person. I was like, yeah, that's kind of the way it is. But somewhere along the way, I changed. And I don't know why I changed. I don't, even, I don't remember when it was, but, but I changed at some point about New Year's resolutions. And, and so I wanna talk with you about that a little bit today. And, and my goal isn't really to like, change you so that you all of a sudden become a New Year's resolution person if you're not. What I wanna talk with you about today is, is about forward, and particularly moving forward in your spiritual life, and that requires decision and commitment on each one of our parts, and I think New Year's is a good time to do that. And so I wanna talk with you a little bit about what it might look like for you to move forward. Um, you know, I think these New Year's resolutions for me, I've learned some things about them, and, and I have learned that you know, if you make that resolution, in communication, in submission to our Heavenly Father, and if you make it in community, you know, with other people, and, and then you commit yourselves to that, like, you, you can really do these things. And so whether you're a New Year's resolution person or not, like, that, that part's okay, but I wanna talk with you today about some, maybe what some things could look like in your life as, as you go forward. So, so to jump into all that, I wanna to read to us from Philippians chapter three, starting in verse 12. I wanna unpack these verses for a few minutes for us, and then I wanna talk with you about some things for maybe you and for us together as a church. So Philippians chapter three, starting in verse 12, the Apostle Paul, he writes this, he says, not that I've already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, the strain toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So I'm not really fair just to read those verses to you because that's the last paragraph of the whole section and, and he's talking about things like all this and he says my goal and this thing that I've been called forward to so I wanna, I wanna kind of share with you what he's thinking for himself in that. But I wanna let you know in this series, so today is about you. So today is about you and maybe some ways that God would call you forward in your personal life. And then for the next four weeks, we're gonna talk about us as a church. And so we have this, this vision statement to be a church of generous people who honor Jesus by loving each other and serving our neighbors. 
And so we're gonna unpack that vision statement over these next four weeks. But today I wanna talk with you about what your, what your forward could look like. You know, looking back on the cross of Jesus, looking forward to his kingdom come, what some next steps for you might be on this first weekend of the new year. So, so to take the Apostle Paul's words here, they're inspired by God. He wrote them for that first church, ancient Philippi, and he wrote them for you and he wrote them for me. When he says, not that I have you know, obtained all this, what he's talking about, he's got, he's got a few things specifically in mind, and these come if you read back up the section that I didn't read to you for sake of time this morning. So he's talking about a few things that he has, he has not yet accomplished, but he's making progress toward, and he says, man, I'm, I am pressing on to these things. So the first one that he is moving towards is total rejection of try-harder Christianity. And, you know, because if you just read that little section that he wrote where he says, man, I haven't obtained this, I'm pressing on, that, that pressing on idea, that's actually, like, that is an athletic term. That is about, I am, in, I am in full stride towards. I am giving maximum effort here. And, and if you read those words without what he's, the context of what he's talking about, you very easily land on, man, this Christian life thing, like, I, I better get myself in shape and get moving on this deal. But actually, if you read back what he's talking about, the first thing that he's really working towards and has not yet obtained is total rejection of try-harder Christianity. He says in those verses previous to the ones I read to you, he says, man, I wanna, I, wanna know, I wanna be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So when you think about, as a Christian person, that word righteous is about being right before God, about doing what is right, and, and he lived his life, the Apostle Paul was a guy who lived a lot of years of his life trying to be righteous, to do what is right, to be right before God by, in his own strength, by living out a code, a law imposed upon him by others. Some of it was from God and some of it was from other people. And, and he was like awesome at obeying those rules. And he came to the point where he recognized that, hey, that, that righteousness that I'm searching for, that I'm after, this right standing before God and this being a person who, who is and who does what is right, like that, doesn't, that, doesn't come from, that doesn't come from obeying the rules. That comes from faith. It's a gift from God. It comes to me from God on the basis of faith. It's, I'm saying yes to this. I'm saying yes to this. What he has for me, what he wants to give me, what he's calling me to. And I think it's important to, to recognize that particularly on a day when we're talking about some next steps, some commitments you might make, some, some forward progress you could aim towards in this coming year. Just, this, isn't, this isn't some try harder version of Christianity. I'm, I'm not looking at you and saying, hey, oh, whatever kind of Christian you are, you need to try harder. That, that doesn't work. That leads to frustration, it's failure, exhaustion, at some point it all caves in on you because the truth of the matter is if you're, if you're pursuing any sort of righteousness, trying to be right, whether it's right in your own eyes, whether it's right before God, whether it's right among other people, if you're pursuing any kind of righteousness and you're doing that on your own, whether it's your own definition or it's your own path, it, it, it doesn't lead to anywhere good. 
There's no life down that path, and at some point you'll figure that out. It all caves in, and there's no life there. And so there's this other way of doing things. There's God's way of doing things. There's this rejection of that try harder Christianity and an embracing of this righteousness that God gives to us by faith. First, the first moment of faith where he declares us to be righteous because of what Jesus has done, and then walking that out by saying yes to him in these next steps that he has for us. So, so when, when the Apostle Paul says, hey, I am, I am pressing on to some things, one of the things he's pressing on, to put it into the negative, he's, he's pressing towards a total rejection of try harder Christianity and a great big yes to, to righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, to being a person who lives his life by faith. So that's the first thing he's talking about when he says all of this. The second thing he's talking about, he is moving towards knowing Christ. Like that's, a, that's an interesting life goal for a type A, performance-oriented, hard-charging, get-it-done kind of person. And, and I don't know what kind of person you are, but we know from the Apostle Paul's life that he is a he is a hard-charging, type A, get it done, top of his class, he's the valedictorian guy. And he says that the goal of my life is a relationship. It, the goal of my life is a relationship. It's not to, he had stuff he wanted to accomplish, he, he did things, but the goal of his life was a relationship. He wanted to know Christ, and he says really interesting there in those verses ahead, again he says, I wanna know the power of his resurrection, which I'm like, I shake my head yes at that. I wanna know the power of Jesus' resurrection. I mean, the kind, of, the kind of power that raises the dead to life, I wanna know that in my life. I wanna know the power of his resurrection. And then, Paul writes, is this, and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And I'm like, I'm not so sure I wanna get signed up for that half of the verse, but that's part of knowing him. It's part of knowing him, and, and the beauty of that for people like you and me is we've suffered. We've suffered. One of the things that the Bible says about Jesus is that he was a man of sorrows and he was acquainted with grief. Holiday seasons particularly highlights the suffering and the loss that we've experienced. There's a lot of really great things about the holiday season, and we all enjoy it, but, but the holiday season accentuates the suffering and the loss that we've experienced in our lives. And you and I have the opportunity to know Jesus in that and to, to suffer. He was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. Your, your kind of suffering is not unfamiliar to him. He's, he's very acquainted with that. And so to, to suffer and to grieve before him and to experience loss before him and in communion with him is a way that we become like him in his sufferings, we participate within him in his sufferings, and we get to know him in that. And, and so there's this, there's this goal of, of knowing Christ, of being in relationship with him, of, of the highs and the lows, of the highs and the lows, of participating in, in knowing him. And then I think if we, could, if we could sit Paul down and ask him, okay, so man, all right, so we, we've got, like you wanna, you wanna keep walking away from, from that try harder Christianity and you wanna know Christ, what, what else is in that? I think the other thing he would say is he wants to finish his race. 
And I picked that language up from something that he wrote in 2 Timothy chapter four, but I think he means the same thing in verse 12 where he says, I wanna take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And when, if you read in Acts chapter nine, when Jesus just stepped into Paul's life, knocked him off his horse, knocked him down to the ground, blinded him, like it was, God showed up. You know, it was one of those incredible moments that was an encounter with the living God, with the living Christ. And in those moments, as Paul surrendered himself to Jesus, Jesus was clear with him about what his race would look like the rest of his life, about, about how he would live his days, about what, what God had for him. Ephesians talks about there's this, this good works that God has ordained in advance for each one of us to do, and Jesus gave Paul a heads up on what some of those good works were gonna look like, and, and so Paul, he says, like, you know, I don't, it's not about trying harder, it's about faith, and it is about relationship with Jesus, and it's about finishing this race that he's called me to, and what you and I have is you have a race, and I have a race to run. And, and my race is not your race. Your race is not my race. And frankly, your race isn't the person sitting next to you's race. Like You have your own race to run, this race that has been given to you by Jesus in relationship with him that is a race that we run by faith and we say yes to, and so, so we have this, this encouragement, this understanding of like, hey, there is this, this thing that God is, like he's, he's put in front of you. And, and you could say, hey, I haven't, I haven't achieved all that yet. I haven't obtained that, I haven't accomplished that. But, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna press on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move forward into what God has given to me. And, and so what I'd like to do for the rest of our time together this morning is I, just, I wanna talk to you about what your pressing on might look like. So for you, again, you have your own race. The Apostle Paul who wrote these things, he had his race. I have my race, you have your race. And, and you have to decide with you and the Lord, what those next steps for you are. I wanna, I wanna help you figure some of that out, but it's, this has gotta be your decision and your commitment and your next steps. And so, a couple of things here that are on the screen for you as, as you figure out what pressing on looks like for you, the first thing there is to start where you are. So when Paul wrote these words to us, he, um, he said a couple of things. He said, it's not that I've already obtained all this, which is, that's a humility statement. He's, I don't know, I know what he thought of himself. He wrote it a few times. He, he thought he was the chief of sinners. And he, he, saw, he saw his past at different points. And his past, his past was present in his life. I think in an appropriate way. Because he saw what he had been rescued from. And so, so he has this humility, he says, I haven't obtained all this stuff yet. You and I could probably look back on his life and say, quite possibly, the, the greatest Christian who ever lived. And he's writing towards the end of his life saying, hey, I haven't, 
I haven't, I haven't arrived on this. And there's, there's, there's no pride there, it's humility. Start where you are, posture of humility. And he also says, you know, like, hey, we gotta, we gotta press on, we gotta forget what's behind. And so I, I would say no pride. And the second one is no anchors. You know, no anchors, forgetting what is, what's in the past which is kind of a funny thing to say on a day that we celebrate communion, which is all about remembering. Christian people are supposed to, there's a bunch of things we're supposed to remember. But when it comes to who we were before Jesus and things that we have confessed and been forgiven for, when it comes to that kind of stuff, we're supposed to have like really short memory. I, you gotta forget the stuff that's in your past. And that's an intentional forgetting because you have an enemy of your soul who will throw this stuff back up in your face and remind you, and, and some of you are reflective by nature and, and you have a really big rear view mirror and rear view window, like you can really see behind you and, and that stuff just pops up and there's this intentional, in the presence of God, forgetting, forgetting the past. Forgetting, not forgetting what you've been rescued from, not forgetting what God has done for you, but forgetting, forgetting that in a way, if it holds you back, you gotta turn it loose before God. And so there's no pride, there's no anchors. It's really just a statement of, hey, this is where I am. Well, let's just start where we are. This is where I am. By God's grace, I stand here. I've been rescued, I am no longer on that path that leads to death, I'm now on this path that leads to life. By God's grace, I have been rescued, I stand right here, and I'm standing in grace, because God's not looking at me saying, try harder, dude. God says, hey, I have a way for you to go, I wanna give this life to you, so I stand here in grace, and forward in grace. And if you get off that grace path, then now we're not moving forward. If you get off the grace path, it's sideways or backwards for you spiritually speaking. And so, so there's this start, let's just start where we are. And you gotta know, if you're, if you're new or newer to Christ's community, that's the kind of church we are. We're a start where you are church. It's, it's okay to be where you are. It, it's about forward progress, the direction that God has for you and has for us, let's just, let's just it's okay to admit where we are and say this is where I am, I'm here by grace, so I'm going forward by grace. So let's start where you are, know where you are, and then the second one is to begin to identify some next steps. And these, these are you with your heavenly Father figuring out what your next steps are. You in communion and communication with him letting him guide you on your path, your path, so that you're running your race. Now, I know that it is incredibly difficult to identify next steps with a blank sheet of paper. And what are my next steps? So if you, if this, especially if this is the first or second time you've done something like this, it's an incredibly difficult thing to be able to do. So I wanna, I wanna kinda give you some suggestions on, on how to start all this. And you've seen this graphic before. This is our cross graphic. I don't know how well you can see that. But, but the reason for this graphic is really to give you a starting place for your communion and your conversation with your Heavenly Father because this is, this is why I mean, you wanna engage your Heavenly Father in this because 
He's in control of your spiritual growth. I don't know if you thought about that before, but he's actually in control of your spiritual growth. He has some next steps that he wants you to take. And, and you may have some ideas that, maybe they're good ideas, but they're not of God. They're not God ideas. And, and so you could engage in those good ideas, but they'll, those will be frustrating. Because what we want is we want to be working where God is already at work. And so to be in communication with him and to be talking with him and saying, hey, okay, Father, I'm for forward. This year, here's, like, show me where I am. I'm here in grace. I, I wanna be where I am and I wanna take some next steps. So to help you in that prayerful conversation with your heavenly Father, this, this cross graphic, I think is something that you should, you should take a look at and pray through. It starts with God's movement towards you, the gospel. God is always moving towards you. Remember that, God is always moving towards you. He's moving towards you in Jesus. He's moving towards you with love. He's moving towards you with grace. No matter the circumstances you find yourself in, God is always moving towards you. He has not walked away from you. He's not turned his back on you. He's not abandoned you. He is always moving towards you. Sometimes he's hard to see and sometimes he's hard to hear. Sometimes our circumstances are so big and so loud we can't figure out where he is for the moment. Sometimes our hearts are hard and we can't experience him because of that. But he is always moving towards you. That's, that is the good news that comes in Jesus to this earth, to the cross, out of the grave, back. Like he is always moving towards you and to be able to say yes to that, to live in that. And, and that, like that little piece there that God is always moving towards me, it's, it's grace, that's where you and I can participate in this rejection of try harder Christianity. If you, if you miss that portion of this little graphic here, you find yourself in the middle of try harder Christianity. Here's a list of things for you to do to figure out to get better at, and if you miss that little section of God is always moving towards you and he's always giving himself to you and he's always giving good gifts to you and he's always giving you his next step where he's prepared and he's working and he has for you. If you miss that chunk, you're, this is gonna be a frustrating exercise for you. So, so no, please know that God, that God is moving towards you. And, and as you say yes to his movement, his engagement, his involvement in your life, as you begin to say yes to that, you're gonna be engaging with him through his word and through prayer. He's, he's spoken. He's spoken to us through his word. His spirit who lives in us makes his word alive to us. He speaks to us in prayer. As we sit and engage with him, talking with our heavenly father, we live in relationship with him and communion with him through his word and prayer and he ministers to us and moves towards us in those ways. And then we get to respond to him. And that's, that's the beauty of next steps. These next steps aren't things that I've gotta figure out that I'm somehow muscling up into my life. I'm just responding to what God is, he's giving to me and the direction he's giving me. And we respond to him through prayer and through obedience through prayer and through obedience. And, and that's where, start with you this morning as you start thinking about where, where am I and what are my next steps? You know, when, you, when you talk to Christian people about next steps, most of us will, will default to Bible reading and prayer. 
not a bad default, right? I mean, come on, I just talked about it here. So it's not a bad default. But, but God could have something more than that for you or different from that for you. Not apart from that, but, but to look at some of us who've been doing this most of our life and somehow the deal is we gotta read the Bible through three times this year is all he has for us. Maybe there's more than that. That little obedience word is a big deal. It's a big deal, and so I think it's a fair question to ask the Lord, say, hey, is there, is there something you've already told me? There's something I already know. Is there, is there something you've already put in front of me that either on purpose or unknowingly I've been saying no to? You know, is there, is there, a, is there a next step in obedience for me? Or maybe in a positive way, hey, is there, is there a place where I've been saying yes but you've got a bigger yes for me than the one I've been saying. And, and so to, to, to have a conversation with the Lord about what obedience to him looks like. And then as you continue to move up, because we're gonna talk this, you know, there's this vertical axis of that cross there is all about your relationship with God. I wanna know Christ, right? I wanna know Christ. And so this vertical relationship Obedience and worship. Obedience and worship. And worship is about, it's about surrender. You know, sometimes if you look around this room or other places where people in worship, you see, you see hands up. What does this mean? This means I surrender, I give up. You see hands like this, this is, my hands are empty. I, I'm, everything I've got, I'm turning loose of so that you can fill. And, and so in our relationship with God, worship is about, it's about surrender. It's about he is worthy to be, to be over us. And, and we put three dots out next to that, just kind of as a church. These are three areas that we emphasize in all that. You have, you have a personal worship relationship with God. And what does that look like for you to be a worshiper in your individual relationship with God? He's your father, he's our father, but he's also your father. And so in your relationship with him, Jesus is our savior, but he's also your savior. What does that look like in your personal worship? And then corporate worship, what does corporate worship look like for you and as we, because there's a, there's a big deal about believers gathering together for worship. A lot happens in our hearts when we connect with each other in, in time and place, even if that place is on the internet. In time and place when we connect together, there's a lot of things that God does for us because we come together. And so we have responsibility to him and to each other as corporate worshipers, and then the last thing that we put there is sacrificial giving. Because we believe giving is, is an act of worship. It's, it's a declaration of God as, as sovereign over us and that you are worth this. What, what I'm giving of my time, my energy, my resources to the church, to God's work in the world, like you are worth this. This is not just stewardship. This is, this is, a, this is a surrender and a declaration of the worth of God. And so that's, I think that's a starting place, just to sit and to, to sit before the Lord. So it's January 2nd, so what if you don't have your New Year's resolutions in place till the 15th or the 18th or what, you know, whatever day you pick? We've got a whole year in front of us. It's, about, it's, it's having them. And to sit before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what are, what are my next steps? Where do I grow as a worshiper? You know, what do you, what do you, what do you have for me? Where are you doing work already in my life, the life of somebody else that, that this would that this would be a good next step for me. And let him, let him tell you about that. And then, 
And then again, knowing that, that God is always moving towards you and he's giving you what you need and you're in relationship with him, that relationship with him, it overflows into the life of people who are around us. And, and so, you know, the one side of the cross over there, we, we talk about loving each other. And this is really about your, your closest personal relationships and your Christian relationships, your, your church relationships. And so, again, thinking in terms before the Lord, okay, so what are, like my interpersonal relationships. Where are those healthy? What are some next steps I need to take? Maybe what, is there a broken one? Is there a way I need to, to figure out like with this one of my children or with my spouse, for those of us who are married and have kids, or with my parents, how do I honor a parent? Or with this coworker, this person I see every day, what, what does healthy in that look like? Biblical community. Where am I connected at heart level with other Christian people? You know, and, and, and what are some next steps in that relationship, those relationships there? Are you in a life group? You know, have you, have you started that process? Do you have other Christian people who you're for and they're for you? You know, you, you've got their back and they have your back. So, so biblical community and then your spiritual giftedness. If you're a believer in Jesus, God has given you a gift. It's a unique gift from his spirit that is for you to have and use in the Christian community. So do you know what your gift is? Are you using it? What are some next steps with that gift? So those are some great questions to, to ask the Lord and to explore with yourself. And then as you move to the other side of that cross, that's about serving other people and that's about outside of Christian circles and talking about evangelism. What does it mean, like what does it look like for you to share God's good news in Jesus with other people who are around you, who are near, who are far? What, is, what does that look like? It starts with prayer, but what does that look like for you? And do you have some next steps that God wants you to take in that? Maybe there's a person that he says, hey, this is your person this year, I just want you to pray for him. Or hey, this is, this is your person this year and, and figure out some ways to love them and invite them to something that's spiritually meaningful to you. And so, and so you've got evangelism, biblical justice, and we'll talk about this, we've talked about it a lot in the past, we'll talk about it more in the future. This isn't social justice, this isn't what you hear out in the culture. This is God's kind of justice done for the people that he says, hey, this needs to be done in the ways that he says it needs to be done for the purposes that he says do it. But he looks at his people and he says, hey, you do justice. And so I think that's fair to, to ask my, at the beginning of a new year to say, hey, is, is God asking me to, to step in or to step up my commitments to his kind of justice in the world? And the missions, he, Jesus looked at his people and he said, hey, here's some really good news. Take this around the globe. Cross cultural boundaries, cross political boundaries. You go to the ends of the earth and declare this good news. And they said yes, and for 2,000 years, the church has been saying yes to that. And, and so we live in this time of the world history where each person could be involved in missions. And it's the coolest thing. And so, and so maybe that's a next step for you. Now, I've thrown a lot at you right here in this little bit. And, I know, and so you're gonna have a conversation with the Lord, but I would be very surprised if you made an appointment with me at the beginning of February and said, okay, so the Lord has 19 next steps for me. Maybe your higher capacity. <laughs> I, think, I think God has a two, three, four new steps, next steps for you. 
And here's, here's, my, here's my challenge to you in that conversation, to ask him to give you a next step in each of these areas. So, so some of them might kind of mix together a little bit, so you have two or three, but, but to ask him, can I have a next step in my relationship with you? Can I have a next step in my closest relationships, my Christian relationships, and, and would you give me a next step as it relates to serving other people who don't yet know you? And the reason I think it's important for you to have a next step and to work because because for Christian people, when you look at these different areas that this cross identifies there, most of us have a comfort zone. And you look at that comfort zone and you're like, yeah, there, I wanna go there, I wanna take a next step there because it is just a next step within my comfort zone. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a quarter step outside of my comfort zone, but everything that got me to this place is comfortable. We all have a comfort zone. And most of us have a guilt zone. I grew up in this stuff, I'm telling you. There's, you. If you grew up in this stuff, if you've been around it for very long, you look at a section of that and you go, oh, just, just the four minutes I spent talking about each one of those sections, when I hit your guilt zone, everything in you was just, and I'm not offended by that because like, I, I close up when I'm talking about my guilt zone in there. But you have a guilt zone and you don't need to have a guilt zone. Start where we are. Right? We forget what's behind and we start where we are and we stand in grace and we go forward. And so if you ask the Lord, could I have something for each of these three areas? Could I, could I take a next step in each one of these areas to address the comfort zone, to address the guilt zone, to be able to go forward? And then as you hear from him, make a commitment. This, so, so start where you are, decide on some next steps. The third one is, is make a commitment together. Tell somebody else about it. Don't, don't just make a commitment and, and it just be you. Make a commitment together. Jesus, his, like his, his followers, there was a group of them. Anytime he sent them out, the lowest numbers he sent them in was two. It's, you're not supposed to do this by yourself. If you do it by yourself, you know, it just forwards really hard when you're the only one who knows. So maybe it's, something, maybe it's something close to your heart and you gotta find just one trusted friend that you're gonna share this, like I think the Lord's called me forward in this particular area, but find somebody that you could tell. Maybe find somebody who, who would do this with you or find somebody who's better at it than you are today and ask them to maybe kinda help you a little bit along the way, make that commitment. And then, and, and the commitment part's important I think it was Rick Warren says, nothing good happens without commitment. So you can't maybe yourself into spiritual growth. Like, yeah, maybe I'll work on that this year. This is, this is where I believe the Lord's calling me and this is my yes to him. He's already working here in my life so I'm gonna go this way. Make a commitment together and then that last statement is forward with two exclamation points on purpose because this is the way that leads to life. This is the way that leads to life. It, it begins at Jesus's cross and his death and resurrection from the dead. And it leads to his kingdom eternally under his rule and reign in relationship with him. Everything about this path, these forward steps, leads to life. And, and you and I have a great 
opportunity to keep walking that path, the direction that God has for us to go. So two exclamation points, because we don't wanna miss this. We wanna take full advantage of this opportunity that God has given to us to move forward, a great big yes from, from your heart, from my heart, to his heart, we'll go where you're sending us, we'll go where you've, we'll do what you've called us to do. This is the way of life. We wanna walk in that. So I wanna pray that for you guys, over you guys. If you'll bow your head and close your eyes with me, let me pray for us. So Father, thank you that, um, thank you that your heart for us didn't end the moment we said yes to Jesus. Thank you that there's a forward for each one of us. And I pray for myself and I pray for my friends. I pray that we would just be a great big yes to you. Pray that we would we'd be willing to, to walk the path that you've laid out to run the race that you've given to us. Thank you that it's the way that leads to life. Help us remember that. We don't wanna miss that part. This is the way that leads to life. Jesus, it's your kind of life. It's a gift and we wanna receive it, we wanna walk in it. So here we are in this first weekend of the year, individually as a church, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, our answer to you by the power of your spirit is yes, we love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, awesome to be with you guys. Thanks for coming on super cold New Year's, first Sunday of the new year. Um, if you wanna talk about any of this, pray over some of this stuff, um, I'll be down here, there'll be some prayer leaders down here after we're done. Otherwise, God bless you guys, I love you. We'll see you next weekend.